You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. All right, on the phone with me now, Mr. Gary Faith. How you doing, man? Hey, Dan, what's going on? Doing good. Doing good, doing good. That's awesome. All right, so we've talked before. We're somewhat uh, acquaintances. acquaintances. What's that word? How do I say it? (laughs) We're of an acquaintance. There we go. My English ain't so good. But anyway, we we know each other. Uh, You've been on my other podcast, and um, we talked about, you know, we've talked about a whole bunch of different things, but recently... You wrote an article for the Iowa Sportsman magazine all about prepping for the upcoming uh, upcoming whitetail season. But I know that right now, with it being September, you are days away from leaving for an elk trip out to Idaho, and it sounds like you're pretty jacked for that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're going to the same place we've been going for. This would be the fourth year. Um, every year, i I mean, I'm two for three right now, and so it's like anticipation is is definitely an understatement. <laughs> for you know, it's like you already have all the setups in your mind and where you want to be on what day, and like that's a good and a bad thing, I guess. It's like creating expectation. Yeah. But like, it's nice to know to a certain degree, you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so. You know, because there's no elk in Iowa, we got to hunt some whitetails. And that starts here, that starts up here on October 1st. And um, there are a handful of things that we as hunters, especially bow hunters, do to get ready for this upcoming archery season. And uh, that's kind of what your article talks about. And I, I think that what we're going to do today is just break down every section of that article and talk a little bit about uh, the preparation that goes into uh, the whitetail season. Sound good to you? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Cool. All right, so category number one, it says shoot your bow, be an archer first. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that that statement? Yeah, you bet. So I'll caveat, like, all the categories in the article here with the fact that, like, I am no expert. You know, I'm a nut about hunting, but this is what I do. You know, personally, it's like my, I, it's a lifestyle for me more than any, like than a hobby or a sport. Like this is in every facet of my life when it comes to hunting. And so it's like, I focus on the things that I can control within that. And so first of all, it's like you shoot your bow, right? Right. Like it's like, I've introduced a handful of people to hunting in the last, I don't know, five or six years I've moved back home and, but it's like, shoot your bow first it's like yeah challenge yourself 
you know, don't just like pick it up in August or September and, you know, run a few down the range and feel pretty good about it. It's like the whole adrenaline response associated with what we do. It's like, it scrambles your brain. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like you're worthless yeah. when a deer comes in. And so all the practice that you have instilled during this time off is going to shine at that point, you know? And so to like spend all this money and plan all this time and have all this mental energy associated with this one moment. Yeah. And then to flub it because like you you just didn't put the work in. (laughs) It's just be a horrible shame, you know? Yeah. Especially if it's uh, after a buck that you've been chasing for, several years right i mean oh oh, yeah or the biggest buck of your life and you blow it because you just pulled your bow out of the case and you say well hey i've had this bow for five years and it's killed five deer every year and uh it's tuned right now or it's uh (laughs) or you know it's sighted in right now that doesn't mean that you are sighted in right now right i crank that uh grip or drop that bow arm or twist that release or you know, not have your bubble. Like I've been hearing the idea of a third axis. It's like, I don't even know what the third axis is right now, but I'd like to find out. Like it comes up with like the real steep angle shooting, you know, and it's like, man, I know what, but it's just be like, understand your weapon. And that carries throughout with everything that you do, you know, like your muzzleloader, know your drop at 110 yards. or like your loads or, you know, it's, it's just, I think luck is a direct correlation to preparation. Right. You know, it's, it's like if you're going to put in the time, you may be lucky, but it's because you put yourself in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing. It's it's called bow hunting for a reason, right? You have to use your bow and you have to be somewhat, you know, I don't know. I, you have, you have to be good at it in order to be successful in the timber. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, putting, oh, yeah putting yourself in in range of a deer is one thing but being ac- being able to take advantage of that is also part basically part 1 and part 2 of that it's such a compounding factor it's like okay you have done everything right to this point and there is the target animal and so it's just it comes back to like i lose my mind and it's taken screwing up multiple multiple times to like realize that it takes feeling like you're starting over every year with a bow in order to be a good archer. Like that's, I feel like every year I pick that bow back up and it's like, um, okay, well, let's see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this summer is a perfect example. I bought a bow three years ago, Matthews, no cam, been a great bow, but it's like this summer alone, I felt obligated to change the cables. And so I did that. And then all of a sudden I have a cracked limb like what the heck and so i have to contact matthews and i get new limbs from the top and bottom and it's like all summer long i've been battling to get this thing tuned and perfect and now that it's here if i would have picked this thing up in september it would have never been ready right you know so it's right. just and like and something i keep hearing about is like leaving a bow in a hot car it's like i never thought about it but it's like that stretches your strings and it delaminates your limbs and i mean it wreaks havoc so that bow that was perfect last year that you pick up this year may not even be close yeah 
so yeah and that's that's the thing man it's like uh i don't know i i talked to a guy from a bow shop a while ago and he was talking to me about you know realistically people should start getting their archery equipment ready on on like june 1st or maybe even july at the latest to start really getting into their equipment and finding you know what's right with it what's wrong with it how how they like it if they need more practice if they need to make adjustments but realistically like September is his busiest time, uh, well, you know, in Iowa because it, everybody is such a procrastinator that everybody wants their setup, you know, a week or two before the season even starts. Without a doubt. Like, okay, I live in my own bubble of hunting and it's taken years of like being disappointed in people around me forever. It's like, I think about it all the time, right? Every day. You know, every day, there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not like, hmm, I should do something for hunting, you know. Right. But it's there are a lot of people that that's not the case. And then there are a lot of my close friends that that's not the case. And my family, you know, like, it's just, but you have to take it seriously if you want to reap the, like, the rewards. But at the same time, maybe I take it too seriously. Yeah. Like. You know, you know, just having a moment of honesty, but it, it's just, it's your passion. Yeah. And like the, the idea of failing because I didn't do something that, you know, it's like, like it's hard enough when you do everything perfect. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know. I, I just, but I know maybe like some people don't have high, as high of expectations or they're not able to invest the time to do it. Right. You know, yeah. it, it is what it is. And but. that's the, the thing with me. Like, I'll be honest. I'll be, I'll be the first to admit I don't shoot all year round. But starting in somewhere about May is when I start picking up my bow, fire a couple through it. You know, basically just start to get that muscle memory back. And then June um, is typically when I make any gear changes. Like if I'm going to change my arrow setup or if I'm going to change a release or I don't know, anything. Uh, is typically right. going to do that. And then July, August, and September are all focused on just refining that equipment. And if I don't have it changed typically by June, it's not getting changed. So uh, like right now, yeah. my bow setup, especially I just got back from an elk hunt. So I had to have that ready to go um, basically a week before September 1st. And now um, I'll just continue to refine that and continue to shoot and tune my broadheads uh, as the you know, as it gets closer to October 1st, so that when that time comes for me to step in the timber, I'm ready to go. And I don't want my equipment to be the reason I fail. Right. It's like, I don't believe you can over-prepare when it comes to shooting or you can shoot too much. Like you look at the people that are the top 1% in what we do and they shoot every day. Right. Like every single day. And not only do that, they understand how to yoke tune. They understand how to cam time. They understand all the ins and outs and how to tie servings and fletch their own arrows. And, you know, that's like a thousand dollars worth of equipment just to even pretend like I want to be that guy, Yeah. you know? And, and so it's like, how far down do you want to take it? Like, but how much success do you want out of what you're willing to put in? 
Right. You know? Right. And that's one thing. I mean, let's let's face the facts here. Everybody wants the results, but not a lot of people want to put in the, the work for it. Yeah, the work sucks. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, so changing subjects now onto the second topic, and that is get in better shape. So explain to to us what that means. Well, um, a lot of it is derived from the elk hunting, you know, so going out in the mountains and not being able to breathe for two weeks, you know, but it's all, it's evolved and it's evolved into like just wanting to be stronger and hunt longer, meaning like until I'm like 70, yeah. you know, like just it deterioration happens all the time. So it's just being conscious of being active and moving and strengthening like I'm construction for a living and like I do floors and so I'm on my knees generally speaking 40 plus hours a week you know and so like the strain on the hips and the knees and the joints like you need to counteract that by having enough strength that I'm not going to have hip dysplasia when I you know or however you describe it like I don't want my body to fall apart and so I just need to be strong and then that carries over into like i do a ton of hanging hunt style hunting you know and so it's like put stand on your back and you hike back however far you need to and when you get there you climb a tree and then you break it down you know how it goes but it's like being a sweaty horrible like deep breathing mess is not helping (laughs) anything (laughs) you get there you know right so like it's like feeling pretty good about like anywhere there's not not too many places around where i hunt that it's two miles to nowhere you know it's two miles to the other road yeah and so it's like you can go wherever you want it doesn't create a barrier it's i'm healthy enough and i'm strong enough that i can throw whatever i want on my back and i can get to where i'm going and still be like capable of (laughs) everything else that needs to happen you know Right. And And I'll tell you what, that's one thing that I've learned over the years is, you know, do I feel that you have to be some fitness freak to go and enjoy whitetail season and be successful? No, because there's a lot of people out there who are, I guess, are good examples of being large or being out of shape and still being successful in the, in the woods. However, I, I knew I know that the one year where I, I just was a mess, like physically I was out of shape big time and it sucked for me to, you know, I'm a run and gun hunter just like uh, you are. Um, and it really sucked in order for me to get to some of these stand locations, walking up and down hills. Like you said, I was sweating uh, by the time I, you know, got to the tree and got set up. I was tired. I was like falling asleep all the time in the tree and just like not only physically are you out of it but mentally are you out of it too and when you're mentally out of it and physically out of it I think that adds to the first topic that we were talking about and that was like that can that can affect your your equipment as well because you're if you're not on point it's going to make your equipment not on point oh I, I couldn't agree more like it's just it's such a compounding factor it's just it carries over into so many things it's like i can work 12 to 14 hours a day if i have to you know it's like yeah i'm tired but i can get up the next day 
and I can do it again. You know, and I don't, I don't own a gym membership. You know, it's like I have, we got a turtle sandbox in my backyard and we bought two extra bags of sand that we didn't use. And that's been my gym. And I've got a toolbox that's set up on like three, two by sixes that I had hanging out. And, you know, I do one bet legged box step ups, squats, like lifts. And then I ruck, you know, I go out to the Hills, I put a bag on my back and the boots I'm going to wear. And I just go hike, you know, and it's like, don't matter what the weather is. Just go hike. (laughs) And I want to add something on this because here's something else that I found out over the years and it's diet. Right. So I used to be that guy that I'd, I'd stop at the gas station before the hunt and I'd be taking in candy bars and chips and you know, maybe some soda and just all this sugary food that's technically bad for you. I, I remember one year I used to eat like an, one of those apple pies with frosting on it every <laughs> single day. And I was probably gaining weight during the rut. Uh, when you know when you're supposed to be really grinding it out, and I felt like garbage, right? Yeah. Um, uh, just sitting in the tree stand, you know, you have that sugar crash, and then you're gone. So what I did was I changed it up. And although an apple or carrots or banana is not as fun as candy and treats and all that stuff, I was more focused. I was more aware. I didn't get as tired in the tree stand, and I overall enjoyed myself more while I was spending time in the tree stand, you know, whether it was early season or during the rut. Yeah. I think it's like, I listened to that podcast you guys did with you and Ryan today at work. And so you're talking about that Heather's choice. Uh, and so she's been all over the Western podcast for, I don't know, two, three years now. And so she's the dietitian and she understands health. And so it's like, I, I know my diet isn't the best, but there is an absolute truth to clean eating and understanding like food is fuel, yeah. you know, and the fact that the better it goes into your body, the better you get out of it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not perfect. Dude. I'm a fat kid. That's, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> surprised. Like, there, there's no doubt about it, you know, but like I got drive and I got a big set of lungs, like, you know, let's go. But it's, uh, it's being aware, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's like eating a whole bunch of sugar actually does result in something happening inside of your body. (laughs) It's like, Oh my goodness. I need to take a nap right now. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there that may, you know, hear this and say, well, these guys, you know, they think that, you know, you know, they, you gotta be on some strict diet. No, you don't, you don't. But, What I'm getting at is if you do eat a little bit better during the hunting season, you're going to feel better during the hunting season. And I think I feel like you'll be able to hunt longer, hunt smarter, make better decisions. That's really it. Yeah, it's I agree. It's mental clarity. It's like, I don't know, being in the moment. It's like, that's why we're there. And it's like, and sometimes like that's even lost on every like anybody. It's like you're there and you're not like focusing on hunting like what am i even doing here then you know like what's the point if i'm thinking about work or if i'm thinking about you know anything at home then like you know i'm pushing ahead but like it's just 
be there to hunt and be able to focus on hunting while you're there and you're going to see better results without a doubt yeah especially especially like 10 days into a rut hunt when you're just worn out right you're oh, tired it's the war of attrition yeah and you're cold and you're tired and you know honestly your body probably like for me when i go on my rut vacation i have three kids so i get more sleep during my hunting trips than i do at home so if i you know on top of that i when i uh you know when i eat better i get you know, I, I just i'm i'm more focused Come home feeling like a million bucks exactly exactly so <laughs> yeah. so there's that now yeah. I think this next one is very important because I found myself in the past getting in real trouble with this, and that is making a hunting budget. Speak on that. Uh, I have struggled for <laughs> like so. I, I'm a, a contractor, right? And right. so I am gross pay. Everything I get paid is gross. So I pay my taxes out of that. Thank you. But it's like there's sometimes I come across pretty big changes to change. Yeah, you know, and you're like, uh, yeah, those boots look good. (laughs) So, but it's like, if you're okay, think it's making a hunting budget is the idea of like, okay, maybe I do want a new lone wolf tree stand, but I don't need to just blow my wad in September on everything. Yeah, you know, it's like let's buy that stand in March or let's. You know, set that money aside for that elk tag, which is 642 bucks or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, not put it on the credit card, rather pay it in cash, Yeah. you know, and it's just, but it's the discipline of, and of making that money stay. And it's hard. I mean, right. it's hard. And then things come up all the time. It's like your car breaks down or, you know, your kid needs a tooth pulled or, you know, who, who knows, but right. so it's tough, but like, I know for many years, I'm like new set lock here. What's up? All right. And then you're like, damn it. I can't pay rent. Like, <laughs> hey, where's, uh, where's my rent? Well, I gave it to Sitka this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. So about that, yeah. I'm good for it. I work all the time. <laughs> can I, can I pay you double next month? Right. You know, so it's like, you got to be cognizant. And then it's the time off. It's like, man, I'm, I'm in the business of whenever I'm not working, I'm losing money. There is no paid time off whatsoever. And so it's like understanding the impact of that time away. And the fact that one month goes by way faster when you're hunting, but you still have to pay for that truck when it comes, whatever it is, the 17th or whatever I signed up for, you know, it's like, so just uh that relieves a lot of stress too is not being stressed out about money because like you can't help but hunt but you should be working yeah you know so, especially so, for someone who's self-employed and what I'll what I will add to this is that you know I have conversations on my social media pages all the time about gear so what I what I will say is, and this is my own personal experience, is that typically price reflects quality, and you know there's a lot of guys out there that say, oh man, I can't, I'm not going to buy that product because it is, you know, it's too expensive. And the way I look at it is, if it's too expensive, that means I need to prepare to buy it, right? I need to save a, a little bit every month so that I know when I go out into the woods 
my gear is going to function as opposed to, okay, well, I need something right now. I didn't save for this. I'm going to buy a $10 product as opposed to, I don't know, a $100 product. And now this, this product may not work near as good. It may cost me a, a deer of a lifetime and it may only last, you know, one year. And then you just keep, you keep buying those those lower end products, next thing you know, over the course of maybe two or three years, you've spent the money that would equal one of the higher quality products. So definitely planning uh, for a big purchase is very, you know, almost necessary if you want high quality gear. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, it's, it's a fact. Everything's expensive. I mean, it's expensive. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. Like you could, okay, you can hunt in flannels and Carhartts, and you can get it done, and that's great, and it would work. But yep. you go out in flannel and Carhartts when it's raining sideways and you know 29 degrees, <laughs> you're you're not going to last very long, right. you know. Or like if you take flannel and Carhartt on a like. We're planned for being back 12 days, 12 miles from the truck. Like, that's the plan for, I leave four days from now. You know, it's like, that's legit backcountry hunting, you know. And so, I can't afford for my equipment to fail. Right. And so, I mean, what is your your level of, like, need? Like, if you're only hunting from your truck and you hike 100 feet and you sit in a stand four days a year, you do not need sick gear. Absolutely. You know? But but if you're hunting 60, 80, 100 days a season, like you're going to go through five other brands before you realize that it's expensive because it's the best. You know, like I, I wear First Light, but anything along them lines anymore, it's like Kuyu, like Rest is Soul, <laughs> you know, yeah. or that uh, Sitka or First Light or Cryptic or any of them, you know, mountaineering style gears, like, man, it's all so nice. Even smart wool or anything from like hikers and backpackers are 10 years ahead of us. So if you don't mind wearing solids, go to Patagonia or like, you know, go to REI garage sale and get a hot deal on that or Facebook groups, man, I've been mopping up on Facebook groups for <laughs> like, Oh, you're PayPal friendly. Wonderful. Right. Like, Right now, if my uncle listens to this, right now, my uncle is listening to this and he's going, man, those guys are weak because my uncle's killed like, uh, I think four <laughs> booners and he's done yeah. it in jeans, overalls and like, uh, a t like every time I see him take a picture outside, whether it's a fish or with a deer, it's the same real tree long sleeve t-shirt that yeah. he I don't know, in a, a big Carhartt jacket. So you you could definitely get it done. Um, oh, without a doubt. I have a, oh, there's old boys around here that are killing booners with cigarettes hanging out of their mouth every, <laughs> every single year. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not, I think I, I feel kind of cool in these clothes, whatever. I don't care, you know, but it's, these people have a good spot a yeah. lot of times yeah <laughs> you know like and it's but I, I just know that with the type of hunting i'm doing and like i want to be able to hunt in any type of condition that is out there then i'm it's frog togs are going to fail 
there's no doubt in your mind and you can even like until you go out there and then hunt and rain for four days you don't realize that it's worth the money yeah you know it, it's just I, I i don't know but it's a, like it all comes back to the budget yeah because it is it's terribly expensive and it does like everything i have that i'm bringing in them totes out to idaho this year i didn't buy it in one year i bought it over the last five years yeah and, yep same know, with my same with all my whitetail equipment too you know you get that you, you just kind of buy a little bit at a time until you have a setup you know or a, or a gear list that's just oh man i feel very confident in that and then as those pieces of equipment either fail or get old or you find something new you you're not buying a whole bunch at one time you're just replacing maybe one or two things uh because you've you've saved so right and it's it's priorities Yep. realistically speaking, it all comes back to priorities. I mean, how important is this to you inside your life? How badly do you need this? And what are you willing to sacrifice for it? Right. Because it's like, I know for a fact, you give me as much money as you want. I'm going to spend it. Like, yeah. it's just, that's just how it is. Like, like my older brother makes great money. He's a stud, you know, but he just, we, so we have conversations and he says, I, I, I just spend it. <laughs> he says, you know, I have to make as much money as I've ever made, but it's like, oh, well, I probably need a camper now. You know, <laughs> well, I should probably, probably get a new truck or, oh, you know, boy. but at the same time, he's like, well, I can't take the time off to come hunting with you. And I've asked him to come with me every year, you know? And so it's like, all right, I understand, but like, come on, that's two monthly payments of what you're currently are like chucking out a camper that sits for 10 months. Like, yeah. come on. Like, right. right. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Alan. I love you. I don't know if you listen <laughs> to this, but <laughs> so it's just, it's like, and I know I've said it again, but it's like, I, I prioritize these things in my life above probably where most people realistically, it's like wood, you know? Right. And, and what, so it's, what I thing... understand wherever you want to be, but you can't complain about things you don't have if you're not willing to sacrifice to get them. Right. And priority is something perfect. That's perfect because what's important to you is like five years or let's say 10 years ago, probably going out and spending uh, 40 bucks in bush light at a bar was more mm. important to me than saving that 40 bucks for a piece of hunting equipment. You know, yeah. Priorities change. I wish I could dial that clock back to when I was 19 <laughs> years old. And, you know, I, I lived out in the mountains when I was 19, you know, and it's, or, well, I guess I was just turned 21. But I tell you what, I wasn't thinking about chasing elk when I was out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and now it's like you think, it's like, man, I live in Aspen, Colorado. That's surrounded by one of the greatest state forests in the country. Like, kidding me? I <laughs> didn't even like dabble with that thought. Come on. Yeah. And so, but now it's like, oh yeah, uh, clearly I can't do anything else in my life uh, the rest of the year because I'm hunting in September. So sorry. And that's a perfect transition to our next little area because that next little area is for guys like us who have wives and children, uh, home and work life. Talk to us about that. Oh, it's, it's the whole being able to be focused while you're in the stand, right? Or while you're out in the trees hunting and being able to have your mind there, you know, and not thinking, man, I know I'm going to catch 
it, when I get home from the woman, like I'm gonna, she ain't gonna say nothing. Yeah. But she's mad. I know she's mad. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, maybe I don't need to hunt 20 days in October. Right. You know, like, or maybe she is right. I do need to spend more time with the kids, or maybe I just need to open up this conversation. And then rather than like us both being upset, you know, let's just talk about it. You're like, right. all right, I understand. You know, and that, but that's hard. Man, that's yeah. hard. Those <laughs> relationships are hard. Yeah, like, especially when you have something that you're so passionate about. And that's, I tell you what, the I had a girlfriend before um, my current wife and current wife like i'm gonna get rid of her but <laughs> but my the woman who is now my wife the girl before that right. right i told her i hunted but i wasn't like i i didn't i wasn't hey i am hardcore serious about right. deer hunting, yeah. right and she found that out come october and that was back years ago when i was you know in my late 20s and i was hunting as much as humanly possible right that that ruined that relationship so i made sure that uh with my wife when we first started dating i i said listen i'm very passionate about deer hunting i have to i i'm going to set some expectations with you that october and november I'm a bow hunter and you may not see me during the weekends and you're probably not going to see me for two weeks um out of out of the year uh in first two weeks of november and she's like okay i yeah i guess that's cool and it really didn't hit her until i you know we i had that open conversation she witnessed the first couple hunting seasons now obviously as time goes on you know first child second child third child and i i i have to give in right i can't hunt every day of the season i can't go out every single weekend because that honestly is kind of unfair so what i've done is i've picked my battles right if i want that two-week rut vacation i'm giving up a lot of early season hunting and the good thing about that is is that i've learned over the years that staying out of the timber the first couple weeks first three weeks of october translates into a better rut so that's that's kind of where where I lay. It's all kind of evened out at the end. I give up some early season hunting. She's okay with that because she knows that I'll be gone, you know, for two weeks in, in November. Yeah, it, it's a, like, okay, it's not uh, this is going to go, okay, we're going to work through this process step by step. You know, it's, it's uh, first season didn't go so well, you know, <laughs> second season okay let's talk about it yeah third season you know but it's the thing is is like if this is the woman you want to be with for the rest of your life you still have to live with her for the rest of the year you yeah. know so it's like you don't need to burn that bridge for three months <laughs> a year because it's like i'm I, it's like i'm i feel compelled to be in the woods like it actually turns my stomach if i wake up and it's cold and it's like I should be hunting right now and I have to work. It's like, I'm sour. I'm like, it's terrible. It affects me probably more than it should. You know, if I need to work on that too, but it's like, you just have to be willing to open up the conversation and you you have to be willing to make some sort of sacrifice and be willing to compromise. Because if you're going to go into it, 
it's saying it's only going to be this way because this is my life. These are the things I choose. Either you're going to be miserable at home or you're going to get a divorce. You know, or like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the, I wouldn't even want to know the statistic of how many really, it's like the divorce rate in the United States is astounding regardless, but it's like better based on she don't let me go hunting. You know, like, <laughs> That would be I, a, I don't know. That would be a cool statistic to uh, see. Right. Well, let's get a PhD study going of some capacity. <laughs> like, you know, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. So it's, I th- but it's just, it's, it's the whole, like when I'm in the stand and I'm hunting, I need to be there and enjoy it. And, it, you know, and it's the same topic, like, okay, while we're talking about at work, you know, it's like for me, self-employment, it's like I dictate my schedule. It's like I am conveniently off as of today until October, you know, but I couldn't do that if I had a boss. Yeah. You know, if, if I had somebody that I need to put my time in with and so on and so forth, but that's not, that's the exception. That's not the rule. It's like the little brother, he works and he builds pole barns for a living and he gets three weeks off a year. And so he's taking two weeks paid vacation to come out with me, but she, he had to put that in, you know, two months ago or whatever it was. Yeah. And so, it's, but it's like, if you're working with somebody or you're working for somebody or however it is, it's like having the conversation before hunting season comes around or having them dates lined up or having that vacation time set aside or having the money from, you know, it comes back yeah. to the budget, but it's, it's like planning for it and having, Rather than, oh, hey, can I get off in a week, you know, uh, oh, yeah. for like a week? Is that all right? It's like, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I've, had, all right. I've had my vacation scheduled probably 10 months already uh, in advance for my rut vacation. And as soon as I get over, uh, that gets over, uh, you know, I'll wait till the first of the year and then I'll schedule that again. Uh, just so I'm prepared. And I think that a lot of it has to do with getting all your ducks in a row and it comes back to, you know, so, so, you know, your wife is okay with it. Yeah. She may, she may uh, complain a little bit or air some grievances out to you, but she's cool with it. Right. Um, because my kids are crazy. So, uh, (laughs) so it's not, it's not, you know, that's the great on like caveat that we haven't really talked about is the the kids, you know, and like, the fall it's like and then daycare it's like shoot i mean somebody has there's just there's so many layers yeah to it and in order for it to work like so your home life is something that you enjoy being around like you have to try yeah you know and it's the same with the work life you know it's you need to be able to communicate with people otherwise it's just not going to work Yep. So when that, so when all, all that's said and done and all that is taken care of your work life, your family life, you know, your wife, your kids, all those expectations have been set. I feel that you can go out and again, coming back to the word focus and focus on the, the hunt, right. Instead of having to, like you said, worry about, Oh my God, did I piss my wife off today? Or, Hey man, yeah. am, am I missing, uh, a football game or a basketball game or dance class or something like that. Yeah, you, you, you know, I you agree. Know. Yeah. I, my, my little niece has an October 1st birthday and she loves me. Yeah. And if I don't show up to her birthday party, she's going to be sad. <laughs> and you know what October 1st is? Yeah, buddy. Oh, oh man. I've missed opening day two years in a row. 
You need but, to you need to start t- telling uh, her she needs to have like a brunch instead of uh... right. <laughs> right. Can we bump this back a couple hours so I can at least get the evening set in? Yeah. Like you know, but it, but it's them little things. The first year, man, I was grinding my teeth. You know, but golly, I know by the end of October, generally speaking, I'm ready to take a day or two of not hunting, you know? So it's like, okay, understand what the best is yet to come. And just, I don't, it's, this is an ongoing battle. This is something for me that like I, I work, I have to work on every season because of my self-interest are not of my own anymore. I, I have a little clan that I need to take care of and keep in my mind at all points, you know? And so it's, uh, it's been a, a transition because I've just lived my life for a long time, yeah. you know? And so, and at the end of the day, I mean, as much as we love hunting, family is always more important. So oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. All right. Number five, mental toughness. Yeah. This is kind of a, it's a hot, topic in the podcast world right now you know it's like i listen to so much of that western you know and the gritty bowman and eastern eastman elevated and so on and so forth and so through them channels the idea of mental toughness but it's like forcing yourself to do things that you don't want to do right but knowing that when you come out on the end you're going to be a better person for it you know or tougher or like know that so several years ago, I went down to the Bahamas and helped this guy tear an oven apart. It was horrible. It was like 120 degrees. And I ran a blowtorch inside of an oven, if you can imagine that. But it's like 18, 20 hour days. It was the toughest circumstance I've ever worked under. You know, it was insane. But if you can, I didn't die, <laughs> you know, and, and so it's like your body can endure incredible things. And it's like, when you want to quit, generally speaking, you're not even at 50%. You know, it's like, okay, mental toughness goes in so many different ways, too. It's like saving money. Man, that sucks. That's hard to do. Making yourself work out every year, like knowing that when I'm in the mountains that I am going to, this is going to pay dividends. Like, or shooting your bow all year long, you know, or talking to your wife or you like, them all take, like, you need to be sound in the melon to handle everything, how it needs to be. And it's, so it's like, yes, I don't want to have this conversation. Or yes, I don't want to go hike until I feel like I'm going to throw up or however it is, you know, or I, I could use that 200 bucks to go wherever, you know, it's like, no, no, that is my tag money. I can't take that, you know? And so I don't know. So I just, what about in the whitetail woods? Well, it's it's perfect in the White Tail Woods because it's like, how hard is it? October 13th, you got a nice south wind and you one spot, you go in there and you know you're going to see a buck. But you know if you go in there on November 7th with that south wind, the buck you're going to see is substantially larger. Like, there's no doubt. Like, it's been proven. You know, so it's like, uh, but it's so much fun to hunt there, you know, yeah. <laughs> but you can't go in there because you get maybe three hunts in that valley before old matriarch woman has got us. She knows. Yeah. And so she changes the pattern on everything, you yeah. know, so it's like, and I'll that's use, hard. I'll use an example of this. 
uh, of me failing uh, because of mental toughness, right? So well, this was years ago, and I was bouncing around all over this uh, this like betting area. It was in a river bottom, and I had one buck. I was playing cat and mouse with him uh, throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire season. Sure enough, he shows up on trail camera. I get in there, I see him one one night i'm like okay well he's out of shooting range he came across the field edge um i don't want to i don't want to move my stand second night he came and he did the same thing and what should i have done i should have got down moved my stand but instead my mental like my mentally i was kind of already tired it was like that seventh eighth day in the rut uh, you've been grinding for a while and i i'm I'm sitting there, I'll go, well, no, I think I'll just wait one more day. When I know I should have moved my tree stand, I didn't, yep. and guess what he does? He walks right where I should have had my tree stand, and then I never saw him again. And that right there is a perfect example of you it, it, You gotta, You gotta. know what you need to do, you just have to do it, and that takes mental toughness to, to figure that out. It's like you understand the work that taking that step is going to ensue. It's like, Oh man. All right. Well, if I break down now and I move over there, it's going to be like 1030 before I get home. Yeah. Ah, no, I don't need to do that. Right. And then you don't do it. And then you watch that buck walk right by that place. You should have been, you know, yeah. and, you know, it's like another like way for mental toughness is like, like you said, waking up like, okay, yeah, I have two weeks set aside to hunt. It's like on day seven am i still getting up before the sun is up am i you know am i like making yourself do that it's like okay is my ambition going to be a direct correlation to my success then yeah. meaning that if i'm not seeing anything am i going to be all poopy pants and right. like well i don't even need to go hunting it's like no it is november 9th get out in the woods. Who cares if it's 70 degrees? Who cares? It's like, get out there, yeah. get out there early and watch your scent. And you know, all these things that like on day two or three, when you're like on point and then all of a sudden day seven, day 10, you're like, no, I probably don't need to do that. You know? And then you get busted or that is the reason or like, Oh man, if I were to just follow this Ridge and drop down, like I should, it's going to suck because I have to side hill the whole time, but it'll keep my wind above him versus yeah. if I come down through that cut, it's going to be easy. And it, there's my stand right there, but I just blew everything out that I, I'm hunting anyways, you know? Yeah, and so absolutely. it's, it, it's doing the, the hard thing. Like it's, how did I hear it? The other? It's doing the right thing. Even if that is the hard way, right. You know, it's, it's just like in most of the time, your gut is probably right. Yeah. Oh, I need to do that. Yeah. And then you don't, and you're like, ah, sh Christ. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no. I hear you. I hear you. So. Now, the last thing you have here on, on your article was reflect on the past seasons. Guide us through what you mean by that. Well, it's like if you're hunting previous areas that you've already been in, you know, think about that movement that you did see. It's like, man, I wish I would keep a journal. And, you know, I, I, you know, I start one and then you get like four days in and it just don't go anywhere, you know, but like, 
to think on, man, okay, I hunted this year, last year, and on this wind, I saw this movement, you know, and then carry that over and then try and compound that. It's like, well, three years ago on a north wind, okay, you know, it's just rather than, yeah, I think I'm going to hunt here today, you know, or whatever it is. And then, like, also, like, reflection is going to allow you to think about, like, maybe if you don't have the preparation, like, you know, crazy, but like, oh man, I, I wish I had a bow hook in my bag all the time and I never do, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, you know, and then you can get like some of them like first four or five hunt jitters out of the way where you, you know, you forgot something that you need. Knock the rust and, off. Right. You know, yeah. it's like dry run to a certain capacity, but you yeah. know, it's, but just the whole idea of, you know, what mistakes have I made and how can I be better? And, you know, it's just self-improvement. I guess that's kind of the whole premise of the whole article really, but it's like, you know, always work on being better to a certain capacity. Like how can I access this stand better? Or like, okay, maybe if I move 20 yards to the right and go 10 foot up in this tree, that thermal will actually hook me over that ridge or, you know, just, you know, I don't know. It's a thinking man's type of thing or woman's a thinking right. person's yeah. type of, you know, it, they make you think because you have to, it's like, if you want to kill a deer, sure. That's, I wouldn't describe it as easy, but it can be done with pretty minimal effort. Right. But if you want to go out there and like shoot a deer, that's in the top 10% of the area that you're in, regardless of what it is, you're going to need to put in the work and you have your T's crossed and your eyes dotted and be able to, you know, hit the 10 ring when given that chance, because you're only going to get one, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're lucky on that one buck that you want that, you know, like, I don't know how many hours I hunted last year. I couldn't tell you, but like, I, I didn't get like on the deer that I want to shoot, there wasn't too many opportunities. I can tell you that, but the ones I was given, I did pretty well on, Yeah, you know? So it's just like, except for that elk, I missed an elk last year. That just rots my soul. And so I've just been thinking about that nonstop. I can't wait to get out there. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, when we talk about reflection on past seasons, I think a lot of it has to do with being observant. And what I mean by that is, just have your eyes and ears open and absorb as much information as humanly possible. And again, I'll kind of give an example is I was trying to figure out this area. I knew that the, the deer were going to be in this field, uh, come the morning. And then they were, as they come out of this field, they go through one of three different spots. And one thing I've learned over the past three years is I've been able to, um, observe what the deer are doing during different crop rotations, right? So I'm reflecting on the past season saying, okay, well, when, you know, early season in October before they harvest, if it's in beans, the deer are going to do this. But if it's in corn, they're going to do this. And what I was able to do is, you know, get in there, locate the, you know, set up. And I was able to harvest one of my bucks because I was able to observe that information and you know i knew that 
the north field would be in corn. The south field would be in beans. So they're going to come out in the beans first before they uh, go to a, you know, a different place to eat acorns or, or, you know, and if they were, if the corn was to the south and the beans were to the north, they were going to come out north of, of this tree stand location. So I just had to tweak that setup just a little bit. So me reflecting on past seasons allowed me to remember this information and kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together and say, you know what? I need to set up here on this specific wind because I know that during this crop rotation, they like to enter in this field right here. And uh, yep. sure enough, it all worked out. And there's so much. Like you look at the big dogs, like the Drury's and the Mikowski's and all that. Like Mark Drury, from what I can gather, is hunting deer by understanding their patterns last year and the year before and the year before. Like he, he's, I don't know, he's a deer computer as far as I can figure. But like it's, it maybe it don't have to be to that degree, but. I don't know. It's, it's just such a direct correlation to what you put in compared to what you get out. And there's, but there's always luck. Absolutely. There's always luck. Right. You know, and, and there's always being willing to just be it there, <laughs> you know, being present counts for a lot. Absolutely. And so it don't, it don't matter what it is, but it's like, as long as you're putting the effort in, but like, I, I do believe that the luck that is rescinded out of that, is directly correlated to what you're putting in. And it's like, okay, maybe one year you can shoot a good deer or maybe one year you can do this. But every year, like there are people like in the top 10% out West that are killing that deer every year and they're killing bulls every year and they're killing big bucks. And so that tells me there's a system. There is a formula in order to do this if you want to be successful every year. But unfortunately, is buried under hard work. I mean, just yeah. absolutely buried underneath it. Yep. And absolutely. so, you know, it, but it's a matter of want. Yeah. I want it. Yeah. Me too. Know? And so, me too. Well, I tell you what, man, I really appreciate you taking time to hop on uh, the Iowa Sportsman podcast and chat with us about hey. prepping for the upcoming season. And let me Dan, say, Dan, I tell you what, I got to interrupt you because if I don't, I will forget about it. Um, okay. I'm going to steal your mic for just a little bit. Okay. So we started a BHA chapter here in Iowa. Oh, that's right. Yep. And so as a part of the starting of the chapter, we're hosting pint nights. And I happen to have a list of the dates and we got them spread throughout the state. So we're trying to, you know, it's, I don't know, there's a process to getting a chapter started, so on and so forth, but we have these three dates set up. And so the first one, it's September 29th in Ankeny, Iowa, at the Whiskey River. And all these are going to run from 6 to 9 p.m., you know. And then the next one we got is October 18th, and that's in Coralville, Iowa. It's at Gus's, which sits there uh, just north of the mall. And then the last one is here over in Sioux City, which is my half of the world, and it's at the Diving Elk. And it's also October 25th. You know, so love to have people come out, um, more or less looking. It's a membership drive of sorts, but it's also a, hey, we're just getting started. BHA is in Iowa now. Um, we, I mean, the chapter is right at the grassroots. I mean, just getting started, but I don't, I can't see us going anywhere. And so and BHA, I, I just would love to spread that. And BHA is oh, backcountry's hunters correct, and anglers. Yeah. Yep, so. yeah, I apologize for that. Yep, and those who don't know, they're, 
a lobbying group more or less that gives a voice for the outdoorsman and it's whether you're a hunterman or fisherman um, if you enjoy being outside and being on recreating on public lands or and care about the environment and care about the direction in which things are being handled within the country like they're they're a good group for that and so it's so a matter of advocating and like I don't know. I take a lot. I feel. I feel like I'm out on that public taking and taking and taking. And I just. I feel through BHA, you can give a little bit and uh, have a voice, and we can maybe move the needle here in Iowa from around that two percent public to maybe even if we went to three. Shoot. I mean, that's a lot. There's a lot of land around here, and so. Sounds good. Well, thanks for uh, the heads up on that, and uh, good luck on your elk hunt, and good luck on this upcoming whitetail season. Hey, same to you, Dan. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you doing this.